You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. All right, now this past week, last Sunday, I preached to you. Anybody remember what we talked about last Sunday? Faith, thank you. At least one. Okay, and the rest of you say, oh, oh yeah, I think I remember that, right? And, and this week we followed up. We uh, gave you stories. Last week in the sermon, I gave you several stories from the Bible, but this week we followed up by giving you several stories right here, uh, out of this room, in this crowd right now. And uh, man, we're not, those stories were awesome, right? I mean, did they not just encourage you? And if, if you're dealing with something, I mean, that ought to encourage you that, wait, 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 if God can do that for that person or that person or that person, he can do it for me as well. And uh, so if you miss those, they're still there. Go to the sermons, uh, the sermons page uh, where the sermon notes are, and you can find it. They're still there, those stories. This week, we're going to do some, something kind of similar, but not, not exactly the same, because this week is about prayer. And so that's why I wanted to give you the oil today. Since I didn't get to do that on Father's Day, I want to give it to you today. And uh, we're going to talk about prayer this morning, okay? Uh, and so, um, you know, let's begin by talking about you know, really kind of how we're supposed to pray, all right? Uh, what prayer is. How, and, and, you know, Jesus in Matthew, he told his disciples how to pray. And so we still have that. And we go by, you know, the, the Lord's Prayer. Um, you know, you probably said that in school, maybe. Uh, if you were, uh, you know, not in the past few years, I don't know. Maybe you didn't. But uh, you might have said that or you might have learned that. And so Jesus told us, you know, how to pray. These are some things that you pray for. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how. I'm not talking about the words. I'm not talking about the stuff, you know, that you say or the needs that you bring, but it's the how, okay? So, so l- let me ask you this. Does anybody know how often, how many times a day a Jew is supposed to pray, a devout Jew? Any, anybody? It's in the Bible. I mean, if you think of the, uh, the story of Daniel, how many times Daniel prayed? Anybody know? Anybody know? Three times, okay? Three times a day. Uh, how about Muslims? You know how many times Muslims, if you're a devout Muslim, how many, how many times you're supposed to pray? Anybody? No Muslims in here, right? Okay, five. Five times a day. So what do you think then Christians? I mean, we say, well, wait a minute. You know, if that's the, you know, we're, we're not supposed to pray that much, that many times a day. Did you know that? We're actually not supposed to pray that many times a day. We're actually only supposed to pray one time a day. All right? And here's the scripture for it. Uh, this is First Thessalonians. Never stop praying. So once you start, don't stop. Okay. What y'all are laughing, so that must have really caught you off guard that I said only one time. Yeah, that's really what we're supposed to do. And even Jesus, when, when he introduced this, is this Lord's Prayer, he said, you ought always to pray. And he said that, and there's other scriptures, but the, I mean, this one is boom. <laughs> Never stop praying. Okay, so let me give you the, my favorite example. I've used this for uh, years and years. I've used this for decades, okay? Yes, I'm that old. I've used this for a long time, okay? Uh, d- to explain this, because I know, you know, if you just say that, some of the people are saying, well, how, how am I going to go to work or how am I going to study for school? Okay, well, l- let me give you this example so you'll understand, okay? And I hope you really get this. So listen so you can get this. And please get this. 
And it'll revolutionize your prayer life if you get this, okay? Imagine you and I, we meet this afternoon, or maybe since it's so hot, we'll do this later in the week. Okay, we meet down at Target, you know, and we're, we're just going to walk, you know, and just walk and talk, and we're going to share. And so we meet at Target, and we get on the sidewalk, and we just start walking, you know, walking down the sidewalk. And on the way, you know, my shoelace comes untied, and so I stop, and I, I've been down, you know, and I tie it back up and get up, and we continue to walk and talk. And we go down a little bit further, and, and, and there's, a, there's a, a, a window there that you see something catches your eye and so you stop and you look at it and you're reading the sign and everything trying to figure out is that a good price I mean I really would like one of those you're thinking all that and then we continue on down the road and and, and at some point you know one of us says hey hey here's a bench here can we sit down a minute and let's talk about something really serious for just a moment I just got something to ask you and want your input on it so we do that and then we get up and we walk on down and you know we finally end up at five guys and uh, we agree to go in and share an order of french fries if one of us has enough money to buy an order of french fries at five guys nobody works there do they <laughs> okay uh, so you know and and so later if someone asks you what'd you do today you know you might say well you know what i met the pastor down in fultondale and or uh, yeah down yeah that's south down in fultondale and uh and, and we walked in and we talked the whole way now wait a minute i stopped to tie my shoe you know you stopped to look in the window but we talked the whole way we never stopped talking you know that's what this means that's what that means. It means like I'm talking to God just all day long. I'll have interruptions, but I'm still talking to God. You know, I do not say amen when I pray unless I'm praying out loud publicly because you need to hear amen so you know I'm done. You can open up your eyes, right? You know, it's like when we're asking a blessing before we eat. If I didn't say amen, you know, some of you, you'd be way behind on the meal waiting for somebody to say amen, right? And so I, I don't say amen because, I mean, this just hit me one day. Is that amen is... No, I, I'm not done with this prayer. I'm praying all day. You know, and I'll be, there'll be interruptions. There'll be things that happen. And listen, some of those times, you know, it's like we're just talking back and forth, everything, and I get in the car, and I don't listen to the radio hardly ever, you know, because that's just time. It can be me and God. And I encourage you, you know, every once in a while, turn the radio off, just you and God talk a little bit. Or if you want to turn on some worship music, okay, turn it down, and just you and, and God spend some time like that. And, 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 and so I don't say amen because some of us, I think we think amen sound is uh, kind of over and out, you know, that kind of a thing, right? It's, it's I'm done, God, over and out. And uh, I'm never done because I never stop praying. You know, but if amen meant over and out, there would be a whole lot more amens right now in the middle of these long sermons, right? You know, say oh, over and out, you're done, pastor, right? That's not what it means. It means amen, so be it. But we kind of use it as kind of the second of the bookends, to finish the ser to finish the prayer and that's not really what it is so i, I don't say amen most of the time so I, I really encourage you quit saying amen you know unless unless you're praying publicly stop saying amen and just keep that prayer going that's the way we're supposed to pray all day long never stop and i hope you can really get that okay so let's talk let's talk about how we're supposed to pray. James, the book of James, gives us some really good insight. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, I've, got, I've got four points there, and I almost missed those. Let me say this real quick, right? Don't I have? Yes, yes. Prayer is not a ritual. Prayer is not a last resort. Prayer is not hard. Prayer is simply communicating. It's just communicating with God. And you all know how to do it. I know some of you say, well, I'm just not a good communicator. You know how to talk to people when you've got a problem, so you know how to talk to God. That's all prayer is. 
So we all know how to do that. Okay, so let's go to the book of James. Let's talk a little bit more about attitude in prayer, okay? About how we should pray. James chapter 5. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sing, are, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Okay, let's, uh, some people like to say, let's unpack this, right? Okay, let's unpack this just a little bit. And we begin up there. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should. Okay, there, there's, there's a problem I see growing in the Christian community. I mean, it's been around a while, but it is growing and growing and growing, getting bigger and bigger in the Christian community. And that is people looking for a church that will minister to them instead of looking for a church that they can minister in. Okay, now listen, if you get caught in that, you're going to be a church shopper the rest of your life because there is no church that can give you everything you need. If you, if you aren't feeding your, oh, that's one of the things, man, that I've heard so many times, pastors, oh, pastors hate it to hear, they hate to hear, well, I'm just not getting fed. Okay, well, let me tell you something. This church can't feed you in an hour and 15 minutes everything that you need for a whole week. If you aren't feeding yourself in that other 160 hours all week long, you are never going to be as strong as you want to. As long as you're looking for a church to minister to you instead of finding a church that you can minister in. So where's this coming from, Pastor? Look up there. What does it say? If you're suffering hardships, who should pray? If you suffer hardships, you should pray. Oh, man, we got this thing. Man, I'm just suffering hardship. Nobody's church is calling me to pray for me. Did you call them? Because that's the third line right there. Any of you sick? You should call. Who's supposed to call? You know, I know we want, the, we want the elders to discern. Oh, I've got a need. I've got a problem. No, if I've got a problem. If you're suffering, you pray. If you're happy, you praise. If you're sick and you need somebody else to help you pray, then you ask someone for prayer. I mean, this first thing that James tells us here about prayer is that it's up to you. It's in your lap. You get it started, okay? It's not like, you know, my church just isn't feeding me anymore. Well, you know, you got 160-something hours outside of church every week that you need to be feeding. This should just be the, 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 the challenge, the encouragement. This should be the place, like with our praise and worship. Man, if we were all praising God all week long, if we were spending time with him, you know what it would do to our worship in the service? If we bring all those praises and all those times that we think about all that stuff that God has done for us all week long and throughout our lives, and we're thinking about that all week long, and then we show up on Sunday and everyone, we're full of our praise because, man, we've been doing it all week long. Man, you know how that would change this worship time that we have when we come together? It is our responsibility. And, and this thing about calling for the elders, okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean old people? Does, does that mean the, uh, the elders as far as like titles? And, and that's, okay, I, I, I'm sharing with you the way I, I understand this, and I've done study, because I, so this is why. And you know, it's used in, in both ways. It's used as an older person, and it's used as a title. But here, you know, some people say, well, he's talking about calling for the disciples. <laughs> no, he wasn't, because, you know, they couldn't call for the disciples and then wait for the disciples to show up and pray for them. 
You know, they're sick now. They call for the elders now. And so it's not, so, it's not someone with a title, and it's not someone just that's older, but it's someone, and I, and I like, uh, and, and I wish I'd have thrown it up here so you could see it. I like the, uh, one of the definitions that I heard, but it is, uh, that I read just a week or so ago, that it is, it is those people who, are, who are, are, are spiritually able and adept that are mature enough to pray the prayer of deliverance over someone. You know what? You know who that speaks of to me in our church at 2911? Our prayer team. Because they have been praying all week long about this moment. And so I'm saying it right now. I'm going to say it at the end of this service. If you've got a need, uh, no, 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 not if you've got a need. Everybody in this room's got a need. But if you want your need met, this scripture right here is saying you should come to the el- these elders in prayer. You should come to them and let them pray with you. Because, and, and look what it says will happen. They anoint with oil, right? But look what it says happen. It's the prayer offered in faith. This prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. That's what will happen. And, and so, uh, so let's look at the proper attitude to prayer. Not, not, uh, not the things that we put in prayer, not the, the ways we pray, you know, praise and worship and, and petition and all those things, but the attitude of prayer, the proper attitude of prayer. We see it here in the book of James but with these other scriptures. And incidentally, here's your good place to feed yourself, okay? You know, one of the things I, I started saying years ago, and we still say it around here some, don't say it enough probably, but you have to own your own growth. I, I, I can't grow you. Nobody in this room can grow you. Your grow group leader cannot grow you. You have to own your own growth. And here, growth. And here's the place, here's one of those places you can because this is in the sermon notes and it's, it's going to be there all week long. It'll be there next week and next week and next week, okay? And, and these scriptures that are there. And so, you know, I can't feed it to you and I'm not going to feed it to you, but I've set the table, okay? Here's the table set. So pull yourself up to the table this week, dig into these scriptures and say, I need to get my attitude about prayer just right so that I can start seeing God really do things through my prayer. Okay, because here it is. This is the attitude of prayer, faith. It's got to be faith. That, that scripture we just read, right? That prayer of faith is what's going to heal the sick. But there's another scripture, Hebrews chapter 11. In Jesus' name. You know, um, you don't just... Throw it out there and pray, but pray in Jesus' name. And they got three scriptures right there. All Jesus saying, you got to pray this in my name. Pray in my name. Pray in my name. He says it right there in, in, look, in chapter 14, chapter 15, and chapter 16. He, he's talking to his disciples right before he leaves, and he's telling them in these three chapters, telling them some important stuff, and he keeps saying, pray in my name. And then you got to pray rightly or properly. Uh, best way I can describe it is this. If you're in business... It is not okay for you to pray that your competitor goes out of business so that you can do better. Okay, that is an improper way to pray. You know, what you ought to do is pray. And I'll say this about church. Let's say it about churches. Because it's really easy for churches to get competitive. I don't know why, because there's plenty of people who don't know Jesus out there to fill up every church ten times every Sunday. So why we're so competitive about, you know, I mean, uh, you know, until, until, you know, until we get this place full, you know, let, let's, don't, let's don't worry about what anybody else is doing. But maybe this is the way we should pray, is God bless every church in our communities. Bless every church across this world and across this globe because, because we can't reach everybody who needs to know Jesus before it's too late. So bless every church and bless ours more than anybody else. <laughs> Right, you know, bless them all, God, bless us a little bit more. I mean, we ought to be praying over our church, yeah, but not at the expense. Okay, so that was way too much. And then 
Fourthly, you got to make the petition. Man, I can't tell you how many people I've heard, heard say, well, God knows my need. Yeah, but he wants you to tell him about it. He wants you to ask him for it. Come on, parents. You know what I'm talking about? Don't you like for your kids, even though you know what they need, don't you like for them to say, hey, Dad, you know, I'm a granddad. I love for a grand, one of my grandkids. If a grandkid asks me, don't any of them in this room right now? <laughs> it is hard for me to say no. And when they ask me for something, you know, I, I've, I've just got to find, my, find a way to do it. And the harder it is to accomplish, the more I'm going to work at getting it to them. You know what? That's the way God is too. If you ask for a fish, what's he going to He's not going to give you a stone. Jesus said that. I didn't. Jesus said that. Go ahead and ask, seek, knock, because he wants to give you the good things in life, okay? He wants to give you. So, so there's our attitude toward prayer. If you want your prayers to be more effective, then I dare you. I set the table for you. Eat this this week. Go for it. Feed yourself this week. Get in the middle of this and say, why are my prayers not like this? How do my prayers not line up with this? And get in the middle of that. Okay, so why is this important? You know, why is this important? Well, because prayer is powerful. As a matter of fact, that is the reason to pray. This is the how. Now let's talk about the why we should pray. Why we should pray is because prayer is powerful. So listen, a lot of the scriptures that uh, I could have taken you to today, we've used, you know, we use all the time. Some of them I used last week because faith and prayer meant they just fit hand in hand, right? And next week it's going to be another one of those that's going to fit hand in hand. So I wanted to bring you something that was a little maybe off the beaten path in scriptures, we say, when you think about prayer, okay? Uh, even though you, you've kind of heard of this, Jeremiah 29 11, right? Okay, so we're talking about right in that same area. So I want to take you somewhere a little different to think about prayer, okay? And uh, this is a specific prayer for a specific moment, a specific people. And I, I've had people challenge me. I, I just go, I don't know if I got time, but I'm going to say it anyway, okay? Uh, uh, to, to just digress here for a moment. I've had people challenge me and say, well, that's Old Testament. We're not in the Old Testament. Do you know what this tells me? In the Old, this tells me how God treats his people. You know, even though it's Old Testament, it tells me how God feels about things. It tells me how God responds to prayer. It tells me how God wants to respond to your prayer, okay? So even though this is a specific purpose, it was left for us today too. I mean, it's there. It was, it was even though the Bible has been attacked, God's word has been attacked so much, this was held for us and we still have it. And so I'm, I'm going to dig into it and see what it says. Well, let's look and see what it says. This is uh, beginning verse 10, one verse before one of our verses for this is what the lord says when babylon's 70 years are complete okay let me say this real quick oh well, you'll see it in a minute but israel has once again messed up and they've ended up in 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 uh, jeopardy they've ended up in captivity okay this happened a lot to israel all right uh, when babylon's 70 years are complete i will attend to you and confirm my promise to restore you to this place does anybody see how powerful that is god says i will attend to you Oh, we were just singing that song. I'm not enough unless you come. Oh, uh, he's ready to attend to you this morning. Some of you need him to attend to you, don't you? And he says, I'm ready. When the time is right, I'm going to attend to you, okay? He's gonna, he says, I'm going to attend to you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Listen, there's a plan. In, in God's big scheme of things, there's a plan. And not just for this world, there's a plan for you. 
and a plan for you and a plan for you and a plan for you and a plan for you. This isn't just, you're not just at the whim of everything that's going on in your life because that's where some of you are. You feel blown away. You don't know how to answer it. You don't know what to do with this. You know, and so maybe now you're starting to say, well, God, I need your help a little bit. No, he doesn't want to give you a little help. He has a plan. Man, what, what an awesome promise this is that God has a plan. He doesn't have an aspirin for you. He's got your solution. He's got your answer. He's got the, the solution to whatever problem it is that you have in your life. Um, uh, I, I don't have time to spend on all that that much. Uh, he said, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And what does he say he will do when you call? I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Oh, man, there's some deep stuff there. Y'all know the difference in searching and looking? You know, most of the time I look for something and I can't find it, so I'll call David and she searches and finds it, right? Y'all know the difference in looking and searching. You know, your kids, when you tell them to go find something, they normally look. You know, they don't find it because they look. But if they'll search, if you'll search, right, that's what he's talking about here. If you're just looking this morning, you're going to miss so much. But if you're searching, you're going to find the depth of the power of God through prayer. He says, then you'll search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you man what an again another awesome promise if you will search for him he says i will be found by you he doesn't allow us to just wander around saying where are you god if we're searching he says i will be found by you i'm going to be found if you want to find me you're going to find me I'm not going to keep myself away from you. I'm not going to hide in the shadows. I'm going to be that light. You're going to see me. If you search for me, you're going to find me. I'll be found by you. And I will, man, this is good. I will restore you. Restore you. Oh, he says a lot about restoring here. But one of the things he says, I'll restore you from captivity. You feel captive by some of the stuff in your life and things that have been and hindering you and holding you back and keeping you from being everything you can uh, uh, the promises that you thought you had but you feel like you've been in captivity he said i'm going to restore you restore you from captivity gather you from all the nations and places to which i banish gather you what, what what's he talking about here his people have been scattered anybody feel scattered today <laughs> maybe up here at least right you feel scattered you feel like your promises are scattered feel like your peace has been shattered and scattered and it's all gone He's talking to you this morning. He says, if you'll search for me, you'll find me. You, I will be found by you. I will listen to you. And I will restore you to the place from which I sent you into exile. Where were you at? What did you have that you've lost? That here he says, I'll bring it back. I'll restore it. What, what, what do you have? What are you missing? What, what did you lose? What is no longer there in your grips and you felt it slipping away and, and, and it's gone? He says, I will restore what amazing, awesome promises that are there. But it only happens in that search. It only happens in that praying. It only happens in calling out to him. Yeah, he knows what you want, but he wants you to ask. He wants you to talk to him about it. He wants you to turn the TV off and the radio down and put every, and set your cell phone aside and all the other stuff and just spend some time talking to him. Let, let me take you one more place. This is Colossians, uh, a little different place also. We're talking about the power of prayer. You have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. Okay, get that first because it's like we get this and the rest of this is tied to that in some way, but it's different in a lot of ways. He says, you have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. All right, 
So why do you keep on following the rules of the world such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about the things that deteriorate as we use them. He's saying such rules are about physical stuff that are going to pass away. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. desires. This, this is one that's almost hard to preach. I mean, you've got to teach this one, <laughs> this passage of Scripture, okay? Uh, because we're going to get back to that first part there again, but when he, when he says this, then why do you keep following those rules? And if you think about it, he's talking, in a lot of ways, he's talking to people that know the Jewish way of living, the Jewish laws. Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Some of y'all, some of y'all raised in church like I was, we had a lot of don'ts. We had a whole lot of don'ts. You know what? And, and, and I remember somebody asking one day, said, you know, y'all told me this, that y'all don't do this, y'all don't believe this, y'all don't go here, and y'all don't go there. What, what do y'all do? <laughs> Right? And you know what? We get so tied up, if we're not careful, in the don't and the don't and the don't that we never get to the do and the do and the do. If we're not careful, we'll get so tied up in all the physical stuff going on around us. That's what this passage is talking about. I mean, because most of our problems, I mean, we're, we're focused on the physical. We're not focused on the spiritual. We're focused on, you know, how it's impacting our bottom line financially or mentally or emotionally or relationally we're worried about how it impacts all that so we're thinking about the physical and most of us we get so tied up in the physical we never get to the spiritual and here's what he says he says i'm sorry back up i'm not there yet uh and he says but they provide no help in conquering a person all of these all these physical efforts provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires you know, all these, all these this and this and this, you know why? But how, how, how is it that things are conquered? Go back up to the top. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. If you are totally wrapped up in physical attacks and, and the physical stuff that you're dealing with, then you, you're missing the point here. He has already set you free from all of that. So here, let's go to that slide with me now, if you will. Physical efforts are powerless in spiritual battles. Everything you do physically, what, I mean, think about Superman. Not a thing on this earth can touch him. Natural, supernatural. You know, I wonder, do we just know that when we created Superman? You know, is that almost like we know how God is? And, you know, how did, it, how did this, you know, is this coincidence or did we just kind of already know that? It's your physical attempts, everything you try, your physical efforts, everything you are able to do. We talked a little bit about this last week in the very beginning of that message. If you're, if you're trusting in the stuff you can do, you will never, ever win a spiritual battle. But here's the good news for you is number two is prayer is one of those spiritual weapons. And it is a weapon stronger than any physical effort. Because every physical effort, everything you're trying is not going to make it happen because it's all physical against a spiritual battle. But prayer is a spiritual weapon. That means prayer is stronger than everything you will ever attempt it, it, with, with your abilities, with your hands, with your, you know, the, the things that you trust in in this world. Prayer is so much stronger. Let me give you three last passages of Scripture and wrap this up, okay? 
the power of prayer right here. One of them I just want to go back to that we've already been to, James 5, 14. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. I've prayed for healings, and I've prayed for other people to be healed, and I hadn't seen one pastor. Maybe we need to go back to the attitude and make sure that we're doing it right because this scripture promises healing in the name of Jesus in faith. But look at James chapter 5. This is just right after 16 and 17. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. What, what, what a miracle. And, and who was he? Just as human as you and I are. I know we look at, oh, he's Elijah. No, he's just a man that was full of the power of God and prayed. And because he prayed, these things happened. That's what Scripture says. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that. That's what Scripture says. Scripture says that he was just a man, but because he prayed, this great miracle happened. And then look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we live in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of this world. Instead, our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Where's the stronghold in your life? Prayer can demolish that stronghold. Where is the place that is so, so out of control you, you, you can't even see the other side of, uh, of this problem? There's no, you don't have an answer. You don't see a solution. There is nothing you can do. What is it? Prayer is the power. Not to get you by it, not to get you through it, not to get you over it, but to demolish that stronghold that is in your life. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at Church 2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.